She and her husband, Danny, have been part of the bridge for several years, and they're just involved in so many different areas of the church and our prayer team and community care and small groups, and they're just such a blessing, and they've, in prior years, they have pastored in Arizona, and they're just amazing. And the thing that I absolutely love about Maureen is her heart for women. She is just passionate about ministering to women. And so you are going to really just enjoy and be fed today as she shares. So can we just give Maureen a great warm welcome as she comes? Nothing like starting with a big smooch, huh? <laughs> I just love Pastor Ann and all that she pours into our life. And I'm always blessed every year at the things that God drops in her heart, and then she shares it with us, and we all glean from that. So that's wonderful. Good morning, beautiful ladies. Did you love the rain over the weekend? Pastor Ann said she got to continue wearing her boots. So that's a good thing. And as I was driving in this morning, the hills were all green and the flowers were blooming and the trees had little buds on them. So it's, I love this time of year. It's beautiful, isn't it? I love our girl time more than anything. As I was talking with ladies in the back, we just get to share our hearts with each other and that's always wonderful. Pastor Ann and Gary shared a few weeks ago about the difference in we women and men and we know we women are wired like this, and men are kind of one square at a time. You give them too much, they get all, but not us. But, but with all those wires going on, sometimes they can get crossed. My friend called me a few weeks ago, and she said, I lost my phone all day yesterday until the dishwasher started ringing. And... And I thought for a minute, and I thought, well, that makes sense. I could see how that could happen. You're doing a bunch of things at once. I said, at least you didn't turn it on. Praise God for that. And years ago, one of my friends came to work, and her hair was, like, all messed up. And when she walked up, I, she had two different shoes on her feet, a, a blue one and a black one. And I was like, Sue, how did that happen? And she said, look. I could hardly get the kids out of the door this morning. I couldn't finish their homework. I had nothing to put in their lunch. I'm lucky I've got shoes on at all. And as I started thinking about her morning, I thought, that sounds like my morning. And I had to look down to make sure I had the right shoes on because that can happen to anybody, just getting out the door, right? But it's a good thing God wired us like he did because we press on, we push through. We can do it, right, ladies? Let's pray and we'll get started this morning. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that each and every time we open it, you speak to our hearts. And I pray for each one of us this morning, even those who have had a busy, hectic morning, that we could just calm our hearts before you, sit at your feet, hear from you, and God, just change, leave here changed women. So God, we lift this time up to you and we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, our topic this season has been courage, and we began with Pastor Ann teaching us about Joshua, 
and those famous words to be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And years ago, I did a 24-week study in that book of Joshua, and I love Joshua, by the way. But if you ask me today what I got out of the book, it would be those words, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I remember that so well because I've quoted those words to myself over and over and over again. In times when I felt weak or like I just can't do this, God reminds me I can be strong and courageous for he is with me wherever I go. Let's face it, ladies, as women, we need strength to raise our children. And then we need courage to let them go out into the world when they come of age. We need strength to be a good, godly wife to our husband. And we need courage to stay the course when times get hard, and they do for each one of us. We need strength at our job or the workplace. And we need courage to stay true to God when others around us aren't doing so. So we all need God's strength and courage each and every day. Now, for the past several weeks, we've been looking at women of the Bible and the courage that we've seen in their lives. And this morning, we're going to look at a woman who I found displayed courage in a crisis. When I say that word crisis, I wonder what comes to your mind. I'm sure we've all had times that we considered a crisis in our life, a difficulty, very difficult, or a trial of some kind. This lady's name is Abigail, and her story is told in 1 Samuel chapter 25. Now, if you've been with us for a long time, years ago, Krista taught on, on Abigail, and she did a wonderful job. But this morning, I want to look at her life through the lens of courage. So we're going to see what made her a courageous woman. You know, we can all learn from women. We learn from women of the Bible, but we learn from each other as well. I think of all the women um, over the course of my years with the Lord that I've just kind of watched their lifestyle. I've, they, I've seen qualities in them that I wanted, and so I've just hung out with them, and they've sowed that into my life. So we can learn from one another, and we can also learn from women of the Bible. And I think this morning we'll learn much from the life of Abigail as well. So as I read through her story, kind of think of the qualities that we're talking about and maybe areas in your life that you want to grow in or that you want to see strengthened in one way or another. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it's quite long, so I'm just going to walk us through it. But if you get a chance when you get home or sometime this week, read through 1 Samuel chapter 25, and you'll meet an amazing woman of courage in crisis. We find that this chapter takes place in the days when David and his men were on the run from King Saul. We pick up in the story as they come to a place of refuge in a wilderness of Paran, where a, man, a wealthy man named Nabal was pasturing his uh, sheep and goat, goats. So um, that's kind of where it picks up. And uh, the text tells us that Nabal had a wife named Abigail, 
who was a woman of good understanding, and the Bible says she was beautiful in appearance, while Nabal is described as being harsh and evil in his doings. So you see quite a contrast here in this couple, right? Opposite in many ways. Nabal, it sounds like, got the better end of the deal, for sure, when he got Abigail. And I couldn't help but think that she probably had quite a difficult marriage because it can't be easy being married to a man who's described as harsh and evil in his doings. So keep that in mind as we go through the story. It's noted that just the presence of David and his men around the, um, all the sheep and goat was like a wall of protection for them. And the sheep herders there really um, appreciated all David and his men being there because it was that protection from danger. And as time went on, David ran low on supplies, and so he sent some of his men to Nabal to greet him and to ask, for food and provision for his men. And that wasn't really unusual in that day because hospitality was really customary, and so it wasn't an unreasonable request. But Nabal, whose name means fool, by the way, he rudely refuses the request, and he not only refuses it, but he mocked, ridiculed, and insulted David as well. Well, that wasn't a smart move on Nabal's part. And when word of the decline came back to David, the Bible says he went into a fit of rage and anger. And he ordered his men to teach Nabal a lesson and slaughter his whole household by morning. The, the word soon reached Abigail. And the Bible says that when she heard what was going to happen, she took action. She wasted no time taking action herself. And she moved quickly to rectify the problem. It said that she loaded all the supplies she could find on her little donkeys, and she told her servants, go ahead of me, and I will follow you. But she didn't tell her husband what her plan was. So off she rides on her donkey, and she meets up with David and all of his men coming down the hill. Imagine, if you can, what an intimidating scene that would be. You're like this little gal riding on your donkey, and all these men are coming at you. And David's mad. He's angry. And he's got all his men with him. But Abigail courageously rides out on her donkey to meet them and to stop them. And stop David, she did, right in his tracks, because Humbly, the Bible says, she fell down on her face before him and bowed to the ground. And, you know, excuse me, <coughs> that was a most courageous act on her part because she could have been killed right there. She could have been run over by the guys, for sure. So I wanted to take a moment and see what it was that made Abigail so courageous. How was she able to do such a bold thing in the face of danger? So I found many qualities in her that I think added to the fact that she was courageous. And the first thing I saw was the wisdom that she used in her actions and her quick response. And um, 
these kind of traits, when, when the Bible said she was a woman of good understanding, other versions of the Bible said she was a very sensible woman or she was a wise woman. So when we put those all together, we see that she was a woman of strength because she moved forward in wisdom. Many um, times um, we've been stressed out over important decisions we have to make, and we need to learn to trust God and his wisdom in all situations. The Bible speaks wisdom into our life each and every time we read it because it says we can grow in the grace and the knowledge of who God is. I loved Pastor Gary's teaching on Sunday. If you weren't here and you missed it, please try and catch it online. And he's going to continue next Sunday as well. But it was the title of the message was Hearing the Voice of God. And he said, when making important decisions, we don't want to be led by the influence of people or by our feelings or emotions. And we do that sometimes, don't we, ladies? We get led by our feelings and emotions. And we know they change all the time. We can't trust those. Pastor Gary said that God speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through wisdom. He speaks to us through the multitude of counselors when needed. And he speaks to us in, <coughs> in integrity. Years ago, we had dear friends who um, were offered a, a pastoral job in Ohio. And I remember he came to Danny and I and a few other people that were close to him, and he said, I want you to pray about this decision with us, and if you have a check in any way, let us know. And so as the week went on, we prayed, and when we finally went to him, I said, I have a check, but it's only because I'm going to miss you because I'm sure that's what you're supposed to do. And that was many years ago, and he's had a very successful ministry in Ohio, so that's been a blessing to see. Pastor Gary also noted this. I wrote this down. It said, wisdom is acting on the knowledge and understanding that God has put in your heart. So we're in, when we're in God's word, he will put that wisdom. And he mentioned Proverbs, because Proverbs is known as a book of wisdom. So wisdom moves forward in that knowledge and understanding that God puts in our heart. Um, I've come to realize that we can't um, develop these things overnight when a crisis arises. Like, wait a minute, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get some wisdom real quick. It's like we want to be built up in God long before these things come our way. And that's why it's so important to be in the word and develop godly character long before adversity comes so we can spring into action like Abigail did when needed. Years ago when I taught, I, I gave you an analogy of a cup. And when a cup is bumped, whatever's in the cup is what's going to come spilling out, right? If, the, if it's full of coffee and I bump it, coffee's going to spill out. If it's filled with tea and I bump it, tea will spill out. And the same is true with our heart and our life. Whatever we're full of is what comes out when our life gets bumped. And we all face those times occasionally, right? 
So we want to be filled with God and his word. Ephesians 6 tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I love that because his might is endless. It's limitless. We want to be strong in his might. And that chapter goes on to tell us to put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And do you know we all face schemes of the enemy? The Bible tells us that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we need to be ready when those battles come our way. We often think that we're warring against people or circumstances, but we need to remember the spiritual battle that's going on behind the scenes. And the Bible describes those as strategies and deceits of the devil himself. So it's not just people. We often get mad at people for what they said. Who was behind that? Who, who was behind what was going on? We need to remember that spiritual battles have to be fought on a spiritual plane. And that Pastor Ann taught a while back, uh, last season I think it was, on the full armor of God. And that's found in Ephesians 6 as well. You can read that. It says we're to put on the full armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the proper footwear, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we want to be armed. We've got these things available to us. We want to be ready when the battle comes. Joyce Meyer put it like this. She said, you wouldn't go out in the morning half-dressed. Of course you wouldn't. We don't want to go out and forget to put on our spiritual clothing either. We were talking at my table a few weeks ago about how life can change in an instant. You never know really what's down the road. A phone call or a negative doctor's report or a change in plans can shift what you thought was coming your way. And sudden crisis can uh, shake and rock our world for a moment. But we want to be ready and prepared and strong in the Lord and the power of his might to face whatever it is. Years ago, a dear friend of ours <clears throat> had a heart attack. And when we got the call, Danny and I went to the hospital as soon as we could get there. And their son met us in the lobby. He's like 20-something. And so he kind of filled us in on what was going on with his dad. And then I asked, how is your mom doing? And he said, my mom is the strongest woman I know. She's in there encouraging and uplifting everybody else, even the doctors. And you know, as I thought about it, that didn't really surprise me because I've known her for 25 years and I know she's a woman of the word. So she had in her what she needed when crisis came the, her way. She was clothed with battle for the battle long before the battle came. And um, that was years ago. He's doing well now. But uh, as I was driving home, Danny and I were driving home, I was thinking, I wonder what my children would say about me in the midst of a crisis like that. Would, would our children say, oh, she's the strongest woman I know. I want my children to say that, don't you? I want everybody around me to say that. So we need to be strong and built up in the Lord and, um, and in his might. We saw, we saw that Abigail used wisdom not only to stop David, 
but naval as well, from making rash and disastrous moves. She was able to see the big picture, and she left room for God to intervene. Her actions were swift and deliberate. Her negotiations were wise, and they were calculated. She didn't run around in a state of panic or confusion. She knew what needed to be done, and she did it. I, um, this week, as I often do, went to my husband and said, Babe, do you see courage in me? And if you want to know the truth, ask your husband or your children, because they'll tell you. And he said, you're a strong woman of God. I see courage in you that way. I see courage in you that trust that you trust God's word. And then he said, but do you want to know where you're not courageous? And I didn't really ask him that. <laughs> but I, I knew what he was going to say. And he said, you're not courageous when we have an earthquake at night. And come on now. I do pretty good during the day because I know what's happening. But at night when I'm asleep, it's like it, it, I don't have time to do anything. So I always get up and start running. And I hear him saying, <laughs> I hear him saying, where are you going? And I go, I don't know. I'll let you know when I get there. I used to. <laughs> I used to run down the hall to the kids, but they're not home anymore, so I don't even have an excuse anymore. But um, he said, I'll really know you've made it when you just lay there calmly and let it shake. So that's my goal, right? <laughs> I mean, gee. So Abigail wasn't shaken in the crisis, and she recognized her need to intercede for, uh, before David, and she moved forward in a wise, sensible manner. And I love the fact that she considered others more than herself. And, and, you know, I thought that's kind of easy in a way because we're all like mother bears when our children or our household is threatened in any way. But um, nevertheless, she responded to the crisis in a godly way with wisdom. So we have to ask ourselves, how do we do when crisis comes? Do we fall apart, like one pastor said, like a $2 suitcase? Or are we able to be strong and depend on the strength of the Lord at work within us? The Bible tells us in James 1.5, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given him. So that verse tells us that wisdom, all we need to do is ask God for it. But like Pastor Ann has said in the past, we often go to other people or our husband or get on the phone, whatever. We need to go to God for the wisdom we need. Uh, James 3 describes the wisdom from above as being pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. That sounds like perfect wisdom to me. Why wouldn't we go to God? We see all those traits in the wisdom in which Abigail approached David. So it's nice to know that we just need to ask God, and he will give us the wisdom we need. So when was the last time you called on God for wisdom? Um, we want to get in the habit of doing so because Psalm 138 tells us God will perfect that which concerns you. And I think some of you need to hear that this morning. 
God will perfect that which concerns you. The Bible tells us many times to cast our cares on the Lord. And this is why. Because he will perfect that which concerns us. So the next quality I saw in Abigail was her humbleness when she approached David. She didn't come out yelling or screaming or, you know, in an angry way, but she approached him in a soft manner, and that spoke volumes to David. She said, my Lord, let the blame be on me. Now, it wasn't her fault. It was her husband's fault. I think she might have taken blame for her husband before. I don't think this was the first time. Her humility caused David to stop and to listen to her, and he even blessed her for her good judgment in asking him to spare her household and much bloodshed. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 1.6 to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt us or lift us up in due time. I really believe that God can work with the humble spirit because it's soft and pliable, not so with pride. A proud heart, I don't think he can do much with. God, the Bible also says God resists the proud heart, but he gives grace to the humble. And I think that's what we saw with Abigail. He wants to work with a humble heart. Another thing I really noted was the speech and the words she used when she spoke to David. One of my favorite scriptures and one of the first ones God spoke into my heart was Proverbs 15.1. It says, A soft or gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir it up. So we have the ability to calm things down, with a soft, gentle answer. And Abigail seemed to choose her words carefully, and she presented them in a calm, kind manner, which made David stop and listen. So that's another good lesson for us. In the midst of crisis or controversy, stop and think before you speak, and choose your words carefully. And remember that those gentle words can ease the tension of an angry moment. And uh, years ago, we did a study with Pastor Ann in Proverbs. It was one of my favorite studies as well. But we learned a lot about a godly or virtuous woman. And in Proverbs 31, it says, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. And that's what we saw in Abigail. She was used wisdom, humility, and she spoke kind words. And I'm sure each one of us can think of moments where we've said more than we should or things we shouldn't have said. Someone said when you speak out words like that, it's like um, toothpaste, squeezing out toothpaste. You can't get the toothpaste back in the tube, and it's hard to get those words back once you say them. So I love the fact that we, our gentle answer can turn away wrath and we can think before we speak. We don't need to just blurt out everything. God really showed me through this. You don't have to get the last word in and you don't have to spend a lot of words making your point sometimes. You need to just, the Bible also says speak little and listen much. That's good for all of us, isn't it, ladies? I remember spending time in a Bible study group on Ephesians 4 where it talks about let no corrupt word come out of your mouth, but only what is good for, 
necessary edification that it might impart grace to the hearer. So we want our words to build other people up and we want them to bring grace to the hearer. And it, the Bible also says we can grieve the Holy Spirit with the words that we say. None of us want to do that, I'm sure. So from this point on, let's take note of what comes out of our mouth and let our speech be full of grace. The Bible speaks so much about the power of our words. In fact, it says there's life and death in the power of your words. So that's pretty important, right? Um, I read a little, my husband and I got a booklet in the bookstore by Charles Capps, and it's called God's Creative Power. And in it, he talks about the importance of learning to speak God's word over your situation. And I, I really took that to heart. I want to train myself to speak God's word over my situation. If you're sick, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. If you've got money problems, my God will meet all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We want to put scripture with our situation and speak that over it because there's life in the, God's word. Another beautiful trait I saw in Abigail is that she was a peacemaker. In 1 Peter 3.11, the Bible tells us to turn from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. We're all called to be peacemakers. And in each one of our lives, situations arise where we get the opportunity to do exactly that. That word, seek peace, means to strive after, desire, or run after it. Remember, we've got an enemy behind the scenes who's trying to stir things up, and we're called to be peacemakers. If God calls us to be a peacemaker, he equips us to do it as well. Peace doesn't just come automatically. The Bible says we need to seek peace. And a peacemaker, ladies, is not argumentative. She's not contentious. But she's not a doormat either. When problems arise, and they do for each one of us, let's seek to be a peacemaker. Let's go to God and say, how can I bring peace to this situation? What do you want me to do? If we seek peace and pursue it, God will lead us in the way we should go. Do you know, we're all, if we're all called to be peacemakers, God's expecting us as Christian women to do so. And so, you know, it's a challenge for each one of us, but once we start putting it into practice, it will come easy. I've said before that we women carry a lot of influence in our homes, on the workplace, and our world around us. And now... Um, we, the Bible says in Colossians 3, let the peace of God rule in your heart. That word rule is like an empire. Let it be the rule, rule in your heart. If peace is ruling in your heart, it will come out when you need it. And it is a command. It doesn't sound like an option to me. So let's be women who seek, desire, and strive after peace whenever we can, whether it be in our homes, our neighborhood, or in the workplace. We saw, also saw Abigail to be loyal. She not only protected her whole household, but she protected her foolish husband as well. When we were doing the Proverbs study, we saw that in Proverbs 31, it says the heart of a godly woman, the heart of her husband safely trusts her 
so he will have no lack of gain. Can that be said of you? Can your husband safely trust you? We want to be loyal to our husband and those around us. Abigail had a trustworthy character, and because of that, the servants ran to her when crisis came. And she spoke, and they obeyed her without hesitation. So they knew not to go to Abel, Nabal, but they knew that they could trust Abigail. I had lunch with a friend after church on Sunday, and we've known each other for like 25 years or so. And she blessed me so much by saying, I have a lot of friends in my life, but when I need advice or a godly uh, godliness in a manner, I always call you because I know you'll tell me the truth and you'll wrap God's word around it. And you know, I said the same is true of her for me because we've known each other for such a long time and we've watched how God has grown us and we can trust that we both will go to the word when we need the advice in a situation. She's been such a blessing for me and she's a woman of truthfulness and loyalty for sure. Now we all love happy endings, don't we ladies? Like Hallmark stories, I love to watch those on TV. But this story ends kind of strange to me. Um, it says, after David accepted Abigail's plead for all the supplies she had brought him, he says to her, you go in peace, I have heard your words and I have granted your request. Meanwhile, Back at the ranch, Nabal is throwing a whole big party banquet, and the Bible said that he was very drunk and high in spirits. I love this as well. Again, we saw Abigail use wisdom. She didn't try to talk to him in a state like that. She waited till morning when he was in his right mind, and then she shared with him everything that had transpired with David. Well, the Bible says upon that news, his heart failed him, he became like stone, and he died within 10 days. So obviously that was a shock to his system when he found out what was going down behind the scenes. But then the story doesn't end there, you guys. It says as soon as David heard the news, he sends word to Abigail asking her to become his wife. And what do you think Abigail does? She jumps on her little donkey, rides off into the sunset with David. So I didn't really see it end in that way, but I guess we could call that a good ending. So I really encourage you to read the story of Abigail. You might even pull out more things than I did. I think it would make a great movie for sure. The last thing I want to take note of in Abigail was really one of the first things mentioned about her, and that is that she was beautiful in appearance. And obviously she was lovely to look at. I'm sure that's what David took note of also, not just her beautiful words and all the other beautiful qualities in her. But the Bible also speaks of an inward beauty or a hidden person of the heart that the Bible says is precious in the sight of God. And we look, as we looked at those traits in Abigail, I believe she had an inward beauty as well as an outward beauty. Now, today we focus a lot on our outward beauty. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because we all want to look as nice as we can. 
back in the coffee shop, someone was telling me you can buy something at the health food store that makes your hair grow, your skin good, and your nails grow all at the same time. And I was like, where do I get that? You know, we do, we want to we wanna look nice, but we have to ask ourselves, do we spend an, as much time focusing on our inward person, on who God says is precious in his sight, do you spend as much time in your Bible as you do in front of the mirror? I thought, that's something to think about, isn't it, ladies? So we want to, the Bible also tells us to clothe ourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do that by putting on his behavior each and every day, tenderness, mercy, kindness, humility, much of the things we saw in the life of Abigail. So as we prepare for our day, let's comb our hair, put on our makeup, and put, be clothed in the Lord Jesus Christ. We do that by imitating him, by being thankful, by keeping his word in our heart so that it will come out for everyone around to see. I heard a song on the radio just this past week, and the chorus said, Let them see you and me, let them hear you when I speak. Let them feel you when I sing. Let them see you in me. And that's a goal, our goal as Christian women. We want people to see the beauty of the Lord in our life shine through to all around us. So the Bible says in Proverbs 31:30, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So a couple lessons that I learned this week for my own life that I want to apply. Wisdom is available for me. I just need to call on God when I need it. The Bible says, let the word dwell in you richly, that you in all wisdom. So wisdom is in the word of God. I just need to call on him when I need it. Number two, God can work with a humble spirit. The Bible says humility leads to wisdom and honor. We want to have humble spirits that, the, that God can work with. Jesus himself described himself as gentle and humble in heart, and he's the best example we have in all ways. I also learned that we have the ability to choose our words. I don't need to, we don't want to just blurt out nonsense whenever. We really, that's, that's almost like a bad habit we need to break. God is encouraging us to choose our words carefully, and um, we can do so. God gives us, if he calls us to do it, we can do it. I've learned that a gentle answer turns away wrath. Sometimes it's better to say nothing. Just say nothing. If you don't, my mom used to say, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. It's true, really. I also learned that I want to be a peacemaker in all situations. I, um, I really don't like confrontation or dissension, so that's easy for me. But a lot of times I clam up in moments like that and don't, I just avoid the situation. We need to be a peacemaker. In, in Pastor Ann's teaching last week, she said, you need to talk through things through. If, if there's a problem, but do it in a sensible, godly manner, not with angry, harsh words. I also want to found, be found loyal before the Lord and a woman of character and integrity, and I'm sure that you all do as well. 
So we want those around us to be able to trust our word, our motives as godly women. Lastly, Abigail was noted for her outward beauty, but I really think she's remembered for her inward character. We've all seen beautiful, maybe movie stars all dressed up in beautiful gowns, and then as soon as they speak, they don't look so beautiful anymore with the crude words that they use. Abigail's inward beauty shined forth in her strength of character. Um, it's that inward beauty that is of great worth in the sight of God. And true beauty comes from God within us. It's lasting, it's life-changing, and it's a lovely sight to behold, for sure. Amen, ladies? Amen. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you so much for just your word, God. It never ceases to amaze me how... You love us so much that you continue to grow us and teach us how to be the women that you want us to be. And God, we don't want to just hear these things or read about them. We want to apply them to our life and leave here changed women because we've met with you. And ladies, if while our eyes are closed, if there's any of you here this morning that have never come into a relationship with God, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. Maybe you came with a friend, and this is kind of new to you. I'm going to pray a prayer, and we're all going to pray it together. And if you would just wrap your heart around this prayer, you too can, can come into relationship with God through Jesus. Let's pray together, ladies. God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, to rise again so that I can come into relationship with you. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and teach me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen.